Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Welcome, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to the Idea Fit Pro Show. This is Sandy Webster, Ideas Editor in Chief, and your host for the podcast. Today, I can't wait for you to get a vibe for the positive energy and wisdom of Chaz Rogers, the Operations and Performance Officer for F45 and its Veterans Impact Program, or VIP 45. In this episode, Chaz walks us through the F-45 training model and describes what his team is doing to prepare our soldiers for readiness, as well as train them for a career in fitness after their service is complete. As program lead, he and his teams mentor veterans and active duty personnel from all branches of service who have a passion for fitness and for helping others. They help them to study the science and art of teaching movement while also training them to become part of our global FitPro family. A U.S. Navy veteran, Chaz also describes his early service days and discusses how his career was launched by teaching Group X classes on military bases and on Navy ships around the world. There are so many great takeaways you won't want to miss a moment. I'll be right back with Chaz. Hi, Chaz Rogers. Hi, Sandy. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I, I am excited to be here. I know that we had to reschedule this uh, maybe once or twice, so this is this is exciting. Thing. And I love that we're we're broadcasting from my, my little cave here, but we're in, on the inside of your Tesla right now. <laughs> that we are. That we are. Well, welcome Man's to Central, as I call it. I love it. Welcome to the podcast. It is so great to see you and have you on the show. Thank you. I really appreciate being here. So um, I know this has been just a, a crazy, extremely busy time for you. You're opening opening a new facility, but um, let's jump in. I want to hear about I want to hear about everything. So um, although I mentioned some of your career highlights in the intro I just yeah. did for you, I wanted to start our conversation today by having you do a, a brief self intro and talk about your professional fitness journey. What drew you to fitness, and what has your career path looked like, and over how many years? So I've been, I guess, a um, a you know lack of a better term, a fitness fanatic, you know, most of my life. Uh, my mom was a single parent uh, as I grew up. And one of the things that she can tell you, she, she tells it all the time, is I never knew what that boy was doing because he was always volunteering for something or signing up for something. And so um, <laughs> I signed up for the YMCA basketball team. I signed up for uh, the little track team. They had the boys club. And I, I had been, fitness had been a part of my life it was an escape for me uh, growing up. Uh, my father was former professional football player, uh, a top uh, running back in the state of Georgia. So it's in the genes, as they say. And I've got a lot of cousins that play at, at the highest level of professional sports, both in basketball, Major League Baseball, and a couple in, uh, in, in the NFL as far as the major sports go. And so fitness has always been a part of my life. So when I decided after my second year of college to leave college and go into the U.S. Navy, um, I got lucky, to be quite honest. And I always tell people, you don't get lucky, you make your own luck. I ended up getting a command that was uh, dive support for the U.S. Navy. And so every single morning, uh, from Monday through Friday, we call it the grinder. I was on the grinder at 0530 or 0600 in the workout area. It was part of your job. 
right? So you're, you're in PT gear every morning. You're getting after it. Uh, the only time we didn't do it was usually when we were out to sea. And then out to sea, we actually built a little gym, uh, what's called the Airhouse. So I was always around fitness. And so um, I got I had an opportunity at uh, Barber's Point Neighborhood Station, which doesn't exist anymore in Hawaii. I had a guy teaching the class one day. Well, just to hang out, right? I'm working out. You know, there's a bunch of ladies in the front. And I'm kind of back. He's teaching the class. And he's just, like, looking at me. And I'm like, why are you looking at me, man? He's like, I'm up front. I was like, oh, I'll never forget this guy's name as long as I live. I don't know where he is today. His name is Dexter Jackson. Dexter, De- Dexter Jackson. Dexter Jackson. No, I, I cannot. It sounds like a name in a movie. He's teaching the class. And I get up there with him, and I'm kind of like assisting, I guess, coaching. And, you know, I'm starting to get a little routine down. And back then, if you recall, God, I'm going to take myself here aerobics, right? It was just aerobics. <laughs> and not only, was it, not only was it just aerobics, it was, you know, high-impact aerobics, right? Low impact. <laughs> you know, so, and this was even before step came come out. So I'm like, all right, cool. I did a class and I'm going I start going back quite often because I enjoyed it. It was a great workout. It was like, you know, other than basketball to me, aerobics back then was like the next best thing to that. So long story short, he literally said, All right, dude, I think you can be a teacher. I was like, what? He says, Yeah, this is actually a job. I was like, what do you mean a job? He says, No, you can be an instructor and they'll pay. I was like, to teach? Okay, I'm like <laughs> All right, let me go back to my commanding officer and ask him if it would be okay. And uh, I, my boss's mate, Chief, who was my, my head of my department, was like, Roger, yeah, you go. So I go in and give me the permission to do it, and I start teaching part-time. While I'm still in the Navy, and there's more to this story I'll tell you on the backside, but it was like, okay, but now I'm teaching classes, I'm working for the U.S. Navy, then my commanding officer says to me, hey, you're going to be our fitness leader, start teaching classes um, for the boat. Okay. So 105-man crew. So on our off hours, when we didn't do PT, we had a workout room uh, on the boat. And then we had this big area called the boat. So I would teach workouts for the guys on the boat. Uh, you know, this is well, my little knowledge, right? I didn't know half of what I was doing. <laughs> but uh, I was attached to sub-back fleet. And submarine Navy was treated like the Air Navy is, like all the uh, all the aviation guys. They're treated special. So they got like a lot of extra special stuff. One of those extra special things was they decided to build an aerobic studio hmm. on the base. Never been done before. Now, we were back up to Hickam Air Force Base. We call it the Bougie Base, right? It's all the nice stuff. It's the Air Force, you know, setting it. Had a beautiful gym, carpet, the whole deal. Maybe didn't have that. So when Morale Welfare and Recreation decided to do this, um, I was actually on that project as an instructor, and I was teaching some of the very first classes in what was called Buck Arena at Navstick. And we had, I'm talking, you ready for this? You're going to love this. Wood boxes for step class. <laughs> this, was, this was before Reebok and the step had really come along. If you remember right. Jim Miller, I mean, I'm sure. kidding myself. I'm talking 1989, yep. 90, right? Very cool. So we get it going. I'm teaching the classes. My classes were so packed, especially the step classes. Capacity was probably it's supposed to be like 25. We'd have like 40 people packed in this room. Was it mo- was it mostly men or was it a mix of men right, and that's women? Interesting. Yeah, that's a great question. Okay. So the way aerobics works, if you recall back in the day, it was mostly girls and stuff, right? You know, neotards and leg warmers and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Sure. I was one of the first guys other than Dexter Jackson to really teach, to bring aerobic fitness to military men, military personnel, 
civilians. I was one of the first guys to do that in Hawaii. I'm very proud of that because you know, I said, look, you can still be a guy and do aerobics, right? And so we did that. So my, my, my class, one of the titles that my boss gave one of the classes, I was a coach called Power Step. I like it. That's great branding. I'm, I'm not kidding. Power <laughs> step. So, you know, it was, a, you know, I think it was about a 60 minute workout. And, uh, you know, we literally we had, you know, I had good music. I, you know, back then we had cassette tapes. And I had some mixes made for, from a buddy of mine who was a DJ. And it was just, it was such a great, awesome experience. I mean, and, I, and of course, I'm putting on a show, right? So I'm teaching a class. The choreography was simple. I'm jumping on the speakers and, sell out, sell out, sell out every single class I coach. But then I become like the assistant, um, uh, you know, administrator for the aerobics program. We built the program out. I think at one point we had something like 30 classes a week. I mean, it was crazy. And people just loved it. They really loved it. So fast forward from that, I get into, I'm about to get out of the service. Uh, I get assigned to another boat. I'm in New Orleans now. our commanding officer, our XO, and that's our executive officer, was a female aboard ship. We had women aboard ship. She, he says, she looked at my service jacket record. You have fitness experience. I said, yes, ma'am. Um, I want to host classes on the ship. And not just when we're in port. I want to host them when we're underway. Can you take care of that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so Power step. I got, I got, <laughs> I go get a boom box. Again, dating myself. Get the boom box. I get all my tapes. I've got a cassette tape player on the back of a U.S. Navy oil tanker in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> I had a standing 1100 class, and I think I had a standing you know, five, what we call the 1700 class for town, five days a week. Two, so two, two a days, five days a week. You're two teaching. days, five days a week, oh on the boat, teaching, plus doing my job, but I'm still like a duty mate. Right. And so uh, it was, it was, it was a great experience. And so I think I prepared me for what I do today. So let's fast forward to where you are today. Um, to, um, I'm really interested uh, for you to share more about the unique business model at F45 um, and your your role in that ecosystem. If you could walk through the story of the brand, help us to understand how it has grown so dramatically over such yeah. a short period of time, and and then maybe transition into what you've been doing for the past month with this grand opening you're doing. Well, what's great about F45 is this, um, in 2013, actually in 2012, F45 kind of as a concept was started in Australia, uh, in Sydney. Uh, they, you know, the F stands for functional and 45 stands for 45 minutes. And, you know, three times a week, they're a cardio-based hit uh, platform. And then three times a week, they're more strength-based hit platform. And then one day a week on Saturdays, they do what's called a Hollywood session. And then it's 60 minutes in length. And that's the combination of everything that we are as F45, the you know, cardio-based, the uh, resistance-based, and then the circuit training. And on Saturdays, what's really cool, and they did this in Australia when they started, they'll have a DJ come in, and you're getting your butt kicked, but you don't care because the music's good. <laughs> right? So you're just like, my jam's on. Oh, my God, I got to do how many burpees? Right. So uh, <laughs> that's how, yeah, exactly, right? So F45 as a, as a brand. Um, it's growing globally, as you said before. Uh, it's about 2,000 studios in about 60-plus countries around the world. Hmm. Uh, we have five different brands underneath uh, F45, but we'll speak specifically to what F45 is right now as I, as in my role. I'm the operations, outreach, and performance officer for the military division. We do two different things, and then we have five lanes. The two different things we do on the military side with respect to active duty service members 
is transitional readiness, meaning that when they're about to get out, they've got an opportunity to become a coach through F45 training and combat readiness. We're the only fitness service uh, that has been approved by the Department of Defense, uh, the Department of Education. We are soon to be approved by the Department of Labor uh, to work directly with active duty service members, uh, men and women from all five branches. What does that do? It's called a skill bridge. And that skill bridge helps them learn how to become coaches while they're still working with the Department of Defense and transition from 90 days up to six months to become a great coach in the F-45 training network. What does that do for the brand? So you're, you're coaching the coaches, in essence, I, the future and, and coaches. My, and one of my colleagues says that all the time, you know, I'm a master trainer, not just by trade and not just by your tenure, but also um, one of the things that our program is, is steeped in is, in, is mentorship, mentorship, mentorship. We literally mentor every coach that comes through our network. We teach them how to become great coaches. There's education behind F45 itself called F45 Academy. Mm-hmm. An academy teaches a trainer how to become an F45 coach. And we get them in the studio and they do job shadowing. They do on-the-job training. They do, uh, you know, they do video training. Uh, we throw them into the fire and we, and we work with them on how to really coach and deal with members that we have. Because we call our members F45ers. And F45ers show up at a minimum average of four times a week to train F45. Uh-huh. They really love the brand. They really love the team training, life-changing aspect of what F45 is. And the reason that it's like that is because literally, when you're in there and there's 36 bodies or 27 bodies and you're doing, you know, we just did a T10 workout this morning, you know, a hybrid cardio session, you're getting after it. And everybody's sweating. And everybody's struggling with an exercise or two, but they don't quit. Um, it's time-based training. Meaning that, as an example, Foxtrot, one of our cardio offerings, 45 seconds to work, 15 seconds to rest, and then you rotate uh, anywhere from, you know, 36 sets to 54 sets is what we offer. And so what's great about the brand, going back to the brand itself, uh, I'm sure you've heard that Mark Wahlberg is a strategic investor with F45, but he's not only a strategic investor with F45, he does the workouts. Nice. He actually does the workouts. Well, that's and that's so, saying a lot because yeah, he's he's a fitness fanatic. He he has been for a very long time, uh, even back to his days as a Calvin Klein model. And so I think what's important about that, and, and this is the thing that I've said to many people about our brand, is we don't just talk about it. You know, you got to be about it when you come work out with us. You got to understand that this is a progression for you. You're going to start where you start at 45. Everybody starts off and they suck at it. It is tough. And then you get better and you get better and you get better. But here's the thing. You have an athletics department. All they do is write programming. So you're never going to do the same workout twice. At Period. Okay. Hard stop. You're just not. Oh, you're going to grow as you do it. Well, I need to check out a location. And are there any in San Diego? Because I need we got to get quite a few. We have over 35 locations here in the San Diego market alone. Yeah. I'm sure I need there's to... one near you. Need to get, get over there and, and jump in and, yeah, and, t- yeah. and test my metal. That's an awesome, it's, listen, it's an, offer, it's, a, it's an awesome program. I tell people all the time, I think about F45. F45 did not create fitness. They found a way to scale it. They found a way to make it accessible. Um, they found a way to make it functional, make it safe, uh, to keep injuries to a minimum. Uh, they found a way to find people that, you know, give people that acceptance they want in the fitness space. And as you know, there's a little bit of history about fitness in my, in, in my opinion. One of the big challenges we've had as an industry overall is that we've not always accepted everyone. Uh, you know, I don't want to name any brands because I don't want to get in trouble, but it's like you go to some places and you already got to be fit to get fit. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. 
I'm coming to you deconditioned. I need coaching. I need help. And I've found with some of the brands that are out there in the market. And again, I've been in this game almost 29 years. I've seen them all. A lot of them. And you know, I've tried a lot of them because I, I didn't want to talk about it without trying it. And what I can say about what we do and offer here at F45 is, is that, you know, you start where you start, you will get better. Um, you're in this with the team. We actually use that language a lot with F45. It's a team uh, or squad. It's not you or me. It's, you know, it's about the team. Um, a little bit more about the brand. Uh, we've expanded. We've relocated our headquarters to Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're building a, a very huge facility there so we can house for inductions to train our franchisees. Uh, F45 is a franchise model. And we feel like that, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be the Tesla of the fitness industry. But I also joke all the time. I was like, you know what? We're basically going to be McDonald's, but we're going to be offering fitness. <laughs> right. When you pull up, when you pull up to an F45, you're going to catch a workout, right? And you're going to have a big giant bottle of water. That's what you're going <laughs> to take care of yourself. Uh, the military division is part of that because as you know, um, if you're not aware, uh, you know, Suicide rate for military personnel is extremely high, especially amongst our young men and women that are planning to go back, get out of service, didn't make a career of it, and they get lost. We catch them before they get lost. Mm. We give them an opportunity to look at something bigger for themselves. Um, you can spend 20 years, 10 years, you know, uh, 30 years respectively uh, in the military, but at some point your time in service is going to end. And so what my director came up with was, here's what we're going to do. The Veterans Impact Program is about those servicemen and women making an impact back in their community after they've served their country to come back and serve the community at large. How do they do that? They become great coaches in the F45 network, and they can help others get better, get fitter, get stronger, stay healthy for themselves, for their families, also for other service members, right, to be a role model. So are they, they're getting cer- uh, certified inside of your ecosystem or are they also studying ACE and yeah, ASM or something so, like that? Right, great question. So there's a couple of different things. So to be a coach in F45, the minimum is that you become a certified fitness trainer or a certified personal trainer um, with a group fitness background. That's what we do. Uh, our academic partner right now is uh, ISSA College. Okay. And ISSA College is a college accredited certification for the military active duty service member, we have four-week accelerated courses. Those accelerated courses allow them to, in four weeks, get their certification um, so they can get hired. Mm-hmm. That's what's great about what we're doing. I don't think any other organization in Venice has done this. We have an academic partner, ISSA College. They enroll in our program through our Veterans Impact website. They submit what's called an inquiry. We vet them. If they, if they get approved to get involved with our program, because not everybody gets approved. But if they get approved, then we set them up for education. We set them up for uh, workouts. We do on-the-job training with them. We upskill them and everything at 45. So by the time they actually get into a studio and actually start looking at becoming a coach, they're as well-versed in the F45 vernacular and everything about the brand before they start. So when they, they come out of military service, they could easily slip into a job at F45 probably, 100%. but but pretty much anywhere else. I mean, do you have yeah, a, like a, mean, a placement service or are you helping folks so, fi- find so jobs? Our, yeah, that's a great question. Part of our team, and this is something we talked about, some of us, some of them do well and they get an F45 and they do great. Some of them get an F45, it doesn't go as great for them, but they've got these fitness certifications and go work for another fitness organization, right? Because they are certified and they are not qualified to do so. 
Um, so yes, but by the time they get out, they are ready to be hired. We actually talk to the network studio owners all the time. With 60, with 2,000 studios in 60 countries, there's a studio out there and an ownership group looking for a great coach. Mm-hmm. One thing that the military uh, personnel brings to coaching and fitness is a commitment to mission, uh, a focus on the goal, um, a commitment to self, and a commitment to others. And so that's what our military training brings us and gives us. And so it's a natural fit to be an F-45 coach because that's what you're doing. You're serving the community. You're motivating people. You're inspiring people to take care of themselves. What could be better? I totally get it. The owner of the gym I go to is a former USMC drill hey. instructor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so George Anthony Dulal Whiteway, I'm looking at you, buddy. There you go. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I get the discipline part of it. And um, he really he has great knowledge as well. So Chaz, how many uh, how many fit pros are you developing through the U.S. Navy every year or through the military? Um, it's it's well, all branches, yeah. not just Navy, it's right? All, it's all branches. I was still working on Coast Guard. <laughs> OK, it is all branches. Um, and the way it works is this. So in the last year, um, you know, during the pandemic, of course, we had you know, we had some we had some delays, but we didn't let those delays stop us. So what we did was we developed all the infrastructure and the, and the standard operating procedures, that's what we call them, to make sure that when we started bringing these candidates in, we could train them. And so weekly, I was hosting a Zoom call, and I still do it every Thursday with our candidates. And then we would set up sessions for them in the studio so they can get access to the workouts. We also had a web-based online platform so they can get access to that. So they can start learning the brand, learning, learning everything about F45. So in the last year alone, We've had 20 trainers come through our program, get certified, get educated, and get hired. All up and down the West Coast, even some on the East Coast. Yeah. And that was just in the last year. And now we've got another 200 in the shoot who are processing through the platform as we speak from all over the world, Sandy. So I'm not, we just had a guy come in from Germany who's going to skill bridge um, in Texas. That's so fantastic. Out, yeah, that's what we're doing. I, I love that you're you're feeding the talent pool and um, turning out people who are ready to get out there and inspire others with their knowledge. I'm curious to know what what would you say to a young fit pro about the value of making idea a central piece of their their toolkit? The big I do things in three. So the three values that I that I've received, I believe, most from my time with idea and also happened to happen to live now in the San Diego market where idea is headquartered. Number one is connection. Mm-hmm. Number one is connection. Uh, number two is information. If you need it, it's there. Uh, you just have to go look for it. Right? You need it there. Uh, and I think number three is community. I think, you know, connection, you know, it's good, uh, but community connection to the community, with the professionals that are out there, Especially if you're a young person getting into this industry and you really just don't know anyone or understand, those resources are there for you, right? That idea of fit, you can go to the website, do that kind of thing. But yeah, I think that's extremely important because you, I was a bit of a maverick <laughs> when I started and I did a lot of my own research. Um, so finding idea, you know, finding you know, organizations like AFA, finding organizations like ACE, uh, the National Academy of Sports Medicine and others. I did that, honestly, through my connection with IDEA, and then I kept meeting other professionals from all across the country who would say, hey, try this education platform. Hey, could you be a fitness follower for this? And so the connection and the community 
and then the resources I think are Nice. Great, great summary of that. Okay, we're going to take a quick break from this great conversation to share some super exciting news from Idea Health and Fitness Association. Are you ready? Okay, here goes. We are gifting registrations to 2021 Idea World Virtual this July 9th through 11th for the first 15,000 people who sign up for our all new reimagined idea fit plus membership that's a 399 dollars ticket to the super bowl of fitness for fit pros who renew or sign up for idea fit plus membership for as low as 199 dollars per year that's right the 399 dollars ticket to the 2021 virtual event is included in your membership price if you're not an IDEA member, learn more how, about how IDEA Fit Plus membership is truly the mastermind asset that fit pros everywhere are choosing to push their careers forward. To learn more about how you can enjoy all of IDEA's incredible benefits and career tools, and to get your complimentary ticket to IDEA World Virtual, please visit ideafit.com or call our inspired service team at 1-800-999-4332, extension 7. Time is of the essence for this incredible offer. The benefits and services in this new membership package are the most contemporary, relevant, and affordable in today's market. Your IdeaFit Plus membership will help you to keep moving forward and building your career during these challenging times. So jump over to ideafit.com today to learn more and secure your IdeaFit Plus membership and your all-access three-day ticket to 2021 Idea World Virtual. Check the show notes for details. Now let's get back to the interview. I'm glad you brought up um, inclusion in fitness earlier. Um, you and I both serve on IDEA's DEI commi committee, uh, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion. And it's been almost a year since we first started meeting as a group and working through meaningful action plans to inform and refine IDEA's development of DEI strategies. Um, why do you think our committee work is so important to the future of the fitness industry? Well, listen, you know, you and I both know that us old us old hats um, have laid the foundation uh, for this industry. My my one thing that I found, um, and we we've, we've spoken about this on the committee, that is always that is, I guess that it always troubled me as a professional in the industry was um, we were sort of diverse, but it was kind of like soft diversity. We were sort of inclusive, but it was like eh, I see it, but I don't really see it. Um, and I and I felt strongly that you know before I leave this earth, I want I want that to be a non-starter. I want us to accept everyone where they are when they come in, mm -hmm. um, and see that their skill set and their knowledge base is it may be different from yours, but it's still there's still quality there. Um, and so I think through DEI, this is what we're working towards. That everyone is accepted. Uh, everyone understands the process and understands the rules, of course, the guidelines. But um, I don't want us to just say, yes, we accept you. And then it's kind of like we do nothing with it. I'm, you know, being a former military guy, um, you know, being around men that were in the military for 20, 30 years, 
a little bit of infrastructure goes a long way. A little bit of inclusion goes a long way. Give people an opportunity to present their strengths. They're going to surprise you. Right? right. So I think the diversity, you can do that. But when you don't have diversity, and you don't have inclusion, you choose to just like, we're going to keep it the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay the way you always were. And and I and I feel strongly, you know, I've got some friends that are in the life coaching industry and they'll, they'll love this. Uh, love you, Francis. Calling my stepbrother and my, my stepbrother, uh, Jason Flores, and I met this gentleman about, about a year and a half ago. One thing they said to me that, that's, that's honestly stuck with me, and, and I'll share with you, is that, look, you can do one of two things. You can either wait or you can create. And I think with this DEI, I think that's the deal. We're creating something because it needed to be created. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just from you know the, the, the poor circumstances that happened to some you know, little black men and women, young black men and women, for the last two years, uh, with respect to you know these you know inexcusable uh, you know deaths, but just in general, like giving people an opportunity. Mm-hmm. This is what, by the way, and this is what we're doing with the military. Division. You know, uh, people say all the time, "Oh, we love the military." Like, oh my, I love you, veteran. Thank you for your service. And I, I will say right back to him. I said, "Listen, don't thank me. Do something. Don't do it for me." Do it for others. Right. Young people coming out of the service and young people getting in the fitness industry, you hear from us people that are older and say, here's an opportunity. We've laid this foundation and this groundwork. You're going to carry it forward. You're going to carry it forward. You're going to pay it forward. Here's how you're going to do it. And the reason it's important is, especially for, you know, not just men and women of color, but for young girls. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter. I told her, I tell her every day, I'm proud of you and you can do anything you want to do. Anything you want to do, you have to choose to take that action. So I think with DEI, it's important that we continue to push that narrative that we want everyone have an opportunity to take what they've learned, take their strengths, use their strengths, find somebody. Everybody needs a mentor, right? Find a good mentor, find a good coach to shape that message, shape that message, and then pull it forward. That's the only way we get better. And for far too long, honestly, Sandy, for far too long. In this industry, especially, not done that. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, Chaz. Thank you. Um, I'm going to switch gears here. Um, this is a, a fairly personal topic um, that I, I don't think a lot of people know this about you, but you are a prostate cancer survivor who's now a committed advocate and champion of Zero, which is the campaign to end prostate cancer. Um, in fact, you were even tapped to become the patient face of the disease during the pandemic by Pfizer yeah. for their yeah. print radio and social media marketing. Um, tell us more about, about the Get It Done initiative and about your own journey. So um, I'm a numbers guy, and I can, I'm going to give you some numbers, which I didn't share with you in the three questions. So 2013, I was diagnosed with my cancer. Uh, it was on my 45th birthday. Um, I went in for a routine physical. Um, when I was a kid, probably around 17 or 18 years old, I made a, I made a deal with myself that, um, you know, I want to make sure I do a checkup every year on myself to see I'm, if I'm good because I really didn't know a lot of family history. And the black man in my family never, ever, ever went to the doctor. Or mm-hmm. talk, talk the doctor. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to do this for myself. And so... Uh, I've had an annual physical since I was in the military, when I was playing college sports, when I was in the Navy, um, you know, and then when I got out, I just, I, I paid out of my own pocket, all during my entire career, by the way, even up until you know, I started a family. 
um, I paid for my health insurance. And so I went into a doctor. Their mom was on my case. You know, you got to get rid of that simple doctor. You need an intern. You need a... Okay. <laughs> I go in, see this guy. And uh, I got to tell you, it, it was interesting because most of the time when my doctors ask me something, it's about how to do a workout. About, you know, hey, how do I eat? You know, hey, Taz, what kind of... Is this water? Is this good water? Is it? a doctor. And as we know, physicians are not fitness specialists. They're physicians, right? Right. So I, it was just a unique relationship I've always had with my doctors and my nurses. So like, All right, cool. So um, maybe that, maybe had, that's maybe that's your next calling, like to start educating physicians. You know, yeah, it might be. It might be. <laughs> so what happened was I get in there, do this. I said, "Hey, doc, real quick question. We're wrapping up. You know, is there anything? I'm in my forties now. Is there anything I should check? Just to make sure." So I'm fit, you know, back then I was like 190 pounds. I'm like, shit, body fat. I got three young kids. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing 10, 12 hour work days. My personal training clients, I'm doing some consulting on the side. I mean, I'm getting active, right? And this was out in the, I was living in the Orange County market at the time, but I could tell, I don't know what it was, Sandy. I just felt like I needed to do a check-in mm-hmm. on myself internally. Right? So he says, oh, dude, get out of here. You're, you're this, you're that, you're strong as a bull. Blah, blah, blah. I says, oh, no, I'm serious. And so we, since we had a pretty good rapport, he said, all right, I'll run the test. So I do a DRE. I do a PSA, which is a simple blood test. It comes back. He doesn't like the numbers. Awesome. Hey, man, look, um, I need you to come back to the office. I said, man, I got that. Get out here. He says, That's next, I'm busy. Test. You need to come back to the office. Get back to the office. And uh, this is about a week later or so. And he said, look, I'm just going to put it to you straight because you're like a friend to me. So I'm going to tell you this now so you understand what could be coming. All right, Doc, what, what gets? I didn't like what I saw. I think it has signs of cancer, but I'm not sure. I want you to go get a biopsy. I'm like, okay. So that's, but, a, that's a really scary moment. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was impactful because... And I, because I, Sandy, honestly, as soon as he said that, I reflected back on what I said to myself. I am going to make sure that I'm good. I'm going to get a physical, especially because I'm a father, a black father. There's history for us, you know, with our health care and, mm-hmm. you know, dying, you know, unexpectedly because we didn't get checkups. Right. Be real. We didn't get checkups. And so when he told me that, um, I accepted that. I did a lot of, you know, a lot of crying. A lot of self-reflection. I had to call their mom and have a conversation with her about it. Um, and then after I got over that, I said, all right, you know what? Like a true fitness trainer, right? Let's get after it. What's the, what's the periodization? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? What's the periodization? Kind of, yeah, I'm like, literally like. <laughs> I love it. He's like, because most patients, and this is why this came up, most patients would have been like besides themselves and frozen and not taking any action. Mm-hmm. He says, this is what happens a lot of times when you get a cancer diagnosis. That was the exact opposite. I was like, okay, let's go. Right? Once I made a decision, let's get after it. We, we want to so move, right? That's Our DNA says move. The I got to keep moving. Trust me, my friends, my, my, my work colleagues will tell you that uh, they used an analogy with me about a year ago when we were going through the pandemic and I couldn't travel for, for the team. It's like this, they send this video and it's... I'm the horse. I'm the stallion. And there's one person on one side, tender, and they're holding me back. I'm in the bar, right? They're like, 
Like, this is us. Try to keep Chaz going somewhere. You know? <laughs> that's, literally, that's literally what my doctor was saying. So, you know, the PSA thing was scary. Um, biopsy came back. All 15 samples were canceled. Mm. Um, it had gotten slightly out what was considered a uh, contained area. So they were putting me in the stage three, four category. Um, it wasn't, it did not metastasize, thankfully, but, um, I had to take immediate action. Mm-hmm. And so I did take immediate action. My team was great. I had, I had three different consulting teams. One of the teams uh, that consulted with me was USC Medical, top in cancer research. Uh, I worked really hard, so I had good resources on that. I made out pocket for this, but I went and had a meeting with them. My team at Mission, at Mission Hospital, they were awesome. I owe them a lot of, a lot of thanks because they, they kept me kept focused on what I had to get through from the surgery part of it. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to the San Diego market, uh, Script Healthcare, um, they are now my my team they handle all of my treatments post post surgery uh i did really intensive radiation um i don't really recommend that stuff but i gotta tell you um it was tough uh nine nine weeks long it was 25 minute treatment and it was intense and fatigue factor from that there's no way to measure that sandy other than to say is when you're tired you're three times as tired from radiation Mm. It was very, very challenging. A lot of people don't know that. And, and I, I can tell you that one of the things, one of the, one of the great things about this, and one of the hard things about this was I had to realize, I, let me put it this way. I learned my limits during cancer mm-hmm. that I never thought I had. And going back to the numbers, doing what I'm doing today with this job that I'm doing now and kind of getting back to what I once was. What's interesting is the company I work for is F45. I found out about my cancer when I was 25. The company started in 2013. Uh, I found out about my cancer in 2013. Mm. That's really crazy. And so, um, you know, if you want to call it the universe, if you want to call it the creator, whatever it is you believe in, I believe that the face had already written it for me. So people ask me all the time about getting cancer. I said, you know, I actually didn't get cancer. I think I was given this. <laughs> and I think I was given it to help others. Yeah, yeah. That's, an, that's what I think. That's a an amazing perspective to ha- to have. I mean, you're you're certainly not a. It's, there's no victim mentality there at all. It's just you know. I was upset. <laughs> ad- adversity can be a gift, right? Can be. Oh, 100 percent. And and so to, to pick up on your last point, the question about getting done. Pfizer came to me about three, four years ago. And now it's been. Um, they had a they had a interview to scientists platform. And uh, Zero Cancer, who's my advocate group that I work with, they asked me, they put me up for it. And we did a full, they did a full story on it. I mean, they, they came to my house. They, they, they interviewed me at my house. They, they walked down my path. And let's go back to movement again. Because, again, movement all throughout my, my life, right? So there's this, this hill in the back of my property, um, in the Tielo Hills, in an area called Rancho Santa Fe. And I'm like, okay. I'm looking at this hill and I'm going, I... I'm going to walk that hill. Now, Ochaz would have ran that hill or sprinted right. that hill. Right. Cancer Chaz was just like, okay, how are we gonna, gonna walk this? I can't, I mean, and I gotta walk it and I gotta do it. I can, you know, I gotta pace myself walking up a hill. Right? So this is a private battle for me, guys. And I worked through that over it probably took me about I months to get to the top of the hill without stopping. Mm. 
Why did I do that to myself? I felt like if I could do that, I can get through this. And I never told anyone. Well, their mom. She, I told her. Take your phone. <laughs> right? Makes you pass out or something. But um, yeah, it was a personal. It was a personal battle that I created for myself. And and so, um, you know, when they, when they, the television crew shows up. Cause they thought I was joking. Cameraman's got the camera. He's going, he pans up. He's like, he looks at the producer. He was like, are we doing this? <laughs> so they walked up the hill with you. They walked up the hill with me, filming me the whole time and asking me like questions. Right. And that's what I knew. I kind of knew at that point that, you know, fast forward into Pfizer and to get it done campaign that I, I just felt like, if I'm going to get through this, I just got to get through it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the reasons Pfizer came to me about this campaign and doing now is they basically said, look, people during COVID-19 are not going to their appointments. Big three. Prostate, uh, breast, and colon. They weren't making their appointments. They were missing them because of because of the misinformation. Mm-hmm. You know, during the pandemic, especially in the early stages, and it was just, it was just terrible, to be quite honest, Sandy. And I talked to several. I advocate a lot. I get on private calls. A lot of my 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 brothers um, that are dealing with prostate cancer, and sometimes their wives, um, you know, and I do this off the radar. I don't, you know, I don't talk about it. I don't share it. But it was interesting because, you know, we lost one of our employers, um, you know, to his prostate cancer battle this year. And he was another inspirational figure. His name was Big C. And I posted it on Facebook and I posted it on Instagram. And the thing about Caesar that was great was his cancer had metastasized. He never told him about it. Mm. But he was sitting, he was posting these motivational messages, you know, punching, he loved boxing, so he was doing the punching bag and all that. And I look back on that, I'll never forget it, because I said, you know what, these, this, these are the moments where, going back to what I said, uh, Francis, Jason, where you can either wait or create. I decided I'm going to create what needs to be done. So when Pfizer asked me, I said yes. And I'd already put out into the universe last year that I wanted to do more public speaking about my story, but also how I can help others just deal with it. Men, men, you know, us dudes <laughs> really have a hard time accepting that we could be somehow defeated by something we cannot see. Mm-hmm. And cancer is one of those things you just cannot. Um, you know, it's there. You know, it's around you. Everybody's been touched by some type of cancer. If you've lived them long enough, you know. And when I just said, so what is it, what is it that get it done says to you? And I said, at the end of the day, have to be your own best advocate. You have to act. If you wait for someone to do something for you, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting get it done to me really meant, and here's what happened. They didn't know this. I don't know if I shared this with you before. I went through 10 weeks of hyperbaric chamber treatment during the pandemic. Didn't while know that. I got, while I got my new job, with F45. Wow. My team was so gracious to me and, and they, you know, they, they understood. I was, I would lose three hours a day to this every day, five days a week. Uh, my kids knew about it, really didn't understand, but I had to do it because I had, a, I had, I didn't have a recurrence. I had something that came up from the radiation I got. I got. Mm-hmm. And part of it was, and because I'm the stallion and I don't like being still, was I started moving more. Okay, so here we go back to movement again. 
oh my God, okay, what, Doc, what, what's the deal? He says, well, I kind of told you about this, but I probably didn't give it enough, you know, didn't give you enough information. Really? You're kind of pissed off your insides by ramping up your exercise. Right. By the way, my teams warned me a lot about this. You know, people get told, you know, you know, it's like the old, the old picture in the, in the comics where the old lady talking to the husband, say, you don't need that, do you, dear? You don't need that. You don't need that exercise. Why don't you sit down? You look tired, right? I'm sitting there going, no, no, I'm not going to. I need it. Yeah, I'm going to move. <laughs> yeah. So my doc, you know, literally said, okay, look, here's it. I've got something that will help you. Let's go. We'll tell you that hyperbaric chamber treatments were really, really challenging. But the good news was I already had had experience with it because when I was in the Navy, we ran two hyperbaric chambers. Mm-hmm. I can't make this stuff up. Right. So I'm like, I kind of know what it is. Okay. And yeah, the first couple of weeks were terrible. And your ears were, it was, it was not fun. So Pfizer is like, so did you know that we were going to reach out to you when you were going through these treatments and they didn't tell, zero didn't tell me. I said, I didn't tell anybody. I don't, I, I just, there was nothing to tell. I had to do it. I knew I had to do it. It was going to help me heal from the inside out. And there was really no other option. I didn't want to take any drugs. Mm-hmm. And I certainly didn't want to go to chemo. Right. And so I said, let's go. Let's get it. So that's what Pfizer, Pfizer they said the timing for this is ridiculous. Well, there Chaz, th- thank you for, for sharing all of that. I know it's, it's really pa- personal and, um, but I, I, you know, you're about helping other people and getting that message out to, you know, come on guys, go see the doctor and, um, yeah, best well, wishes. Is, and, as just, you- and just and really quickly, the good news is this, you just, you just nailed it. You know, women talk a lot about their, their health issues concerns amongst um, dudes, eh, <laughs> maybe. So when I show up and I speak somewhere, um, I never start off. I never start off. Hi, I'm Taz, and I have cancer, or I had cancer. I just start off talking about life, right? You know, and my life is what fitness. And then when someone comes to me later, you know, after a session or whatever, and starts talking about their aches, their pains, their this, their that. And I said, what if I told you that um, somebody was working out and went through cancer and all that, and they're doing these workouts, and they're older or younger, or what have you? And the, the, the look I get when I tell them it's me, is like, okay, I'm going to shut up now, and I'm going to get after it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I think is powerful, you know, personalizing this. My message is that it doesn't matter how hard it might be. It's going to be really hard if you don't do it. Right. So just do it. Yeah. You know, I had a saying. Yeah. I had a saying with my old company. Um, it's called Fit Work. And I was working with kids and doing sports performance. Do something fit today. Just do it. Just don't worry about what's going on. Can't do anything about what happened yesterday. Tomorrow's not promised. Do it today. And that was sort of what, when I get it done campaign, that was sort of what I was saying fitness. Now I'm saying it about cancer. Got to get it done. Don't wait, create, get it done today. Um, I'm sure you just inspired a whole bunch of people out there. So thank you again for for sharing all of that. 
Um, I, I know, um, I know from your bio that you were born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, which is the hometown of one of the greatest Olympic athletes of all time, the 400 meter hurdler, Edwin Moses, Edwin Moses, who is now in his mid sixties. Um, you obviously admire, admire him a great deal, as you mentioned him in your bio, which I really yeah. loved. Um, yeah. he's, he's clearly been an influence on you. And so I was hoping you could share with us what you have learned through his example. And I was curious to know if you ever met him. Oh, the best example I can give you was um, as a young man growing up in Ohio and Dayton, uh, my mom decided that I wasn't going to go to the most popular high school town. I was to go up back in the day. She says, you're going to go to Chaminade. I go, what's Chaminade? <laughs> and it was a private Catholic school in downtown Dayton. And I shout out to my Eagles, CO86, that's what's up. So I'm like, okay, all right, sure, I'm up. So what happened was um, we never had a we never had a track. We had like this. I don't know if you remember this like cinder black stuff they had. They put that, yeah. as a, that was a track. Yeah, we're like, in this. We're in the same age group. It was horrible. <laughs> Who does that to you know? <laughs> so anyway, uh, so our very first track meet uh, for the team was my freshman my freshman campaign. Uh, we're taking a short bus trip to the University of Dayton. And the University of Dayton had just renamed the stadium Edwin C. Moses Stadium. Mm. And uh, I remember watching Edwin Moses uh, in his Olympic Games uh, over his career and then his um, international sports career. And the man was a perfectionist on the hurdles. When I was younger, I wanted to be a hurdler, uh, but I didn't have the height, so I had to really work hard. Back in my day, it was like 300, yeah, they called it 300 meter or 330 meter old hurdles. So I did that for a while, but from that, I developed good ability to jump over hurdles. And so uh, I ended up picking up long um better hurdles. So but I was inspired by uh, watching Evan Moses and his technique on the hurdles because he just was clean. I just I, I tell people all the time when I coach that I you know my, my one of my coaches that had a local black coach in CJ his big thing to us all the time was technique, technique, technique. And technique was the race technique was the training technique is practice. You give me technique, son, you're going to win everything you compete. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'll never forget that. And so as a trainer... It's a great lesson. Thought, it is a great lesson. And, I, and it's funny because I use it all the time. And I and I, when I was competing in track and field. I, I was actually competing in track and field up until my mid-30s. Um, as a master track and field. That was one of my kind of my pastimes. Oh, that's and so cool. It, yeah, it was kind of cool. It was. So I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, but what I can say about you know the inspiration of Evan Moses being from my hometown, being just a just a consummate professional, and just a great ambassador of the sport of track and field, and it and it bothered me for years um, track and field because they've had their talents as you know, um, is that you know he was a naturally gifted technician, and I I just it just I just admired it. it just inspired me I don't know why I picked it up when I was a kid I just did but I've never forgotten it. And I'm forever grateful to him because, you know, he's a Daytonian. You know, he's a Jim City brother. It's just, it's just huge. And he's, I think he's, he might still be serving on the Laureus um, Sports uh, Association, now, the international body uh, overseas track and field. But I never got the opportunity to meet him. But I'll tell you one guy I didn't. And it was as close to meeting Evan Moses as I could come. It was a gentleman named Rayford Johnson. And he was a, uh, a high-class, you know, top-flight, you know, uh, Olympic sprinter. I got to hang out with the man, and I got to talk to him a little bit. And so that's as close as I got to be with meeting Edward Moses, but he and Edward were friendly. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think you need to put that out there in the universe. You are going to meet Edwin Moses. I should. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to happen. I, I should. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's just great. Yeah. So sort of in the same vein, who have been other influencers and role models who impacted your career as a fitness pro specifically? And then in, in that same vein, are you currently mentoring anyone in the industry? Oh, there's three people um, that come to mind. I mean, literally, like, they're top of mind for me um, right in my career. And first and foremost, you know, I have to give props to Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> she gave me a shot. She gave me a shot. She didn't have to. She did. Oh. Never forget it. She didn't have to. She gave me a shot. And I'm grateful to this very day because... She saw, she saw something in me that I didn't see. And it was it was just huge. It was life-changing for me because I was lost. Mm. And she said, you can be good at this, and I'm going to give you a chance. And that's all anybody can ask for is a chance. And secondly was um, Lori Nelson because she saw me working out. She was like, had I not been doing what I was doing, had I not had good coaching, had I not wanted to train and, and show that kind of commitment and that's something the Navy taught me. I might not I might not be here today, Sandy. That's just the truth. I mean, you know, that's that's what happened. Um and again I go back to you you know you're not lucky. You make your own luck. Luck favors the prepared. I was preparing and she gave me that. Mm-hmm. Last year a good friend of mine um I spent at my wedding a guy named Lacey Weston. He's been in the industry whew, a long time. I mean I think he started and finished when he was 17 years old about the same age roughly and I was inspired by him because he was such a professional and still is a professional fitness uh, leader, mentor, coach uh, businessman, entrepreneur and he just happened to be a black man and it just it inspired me uh, to no end and we went to the National Academy of Sports Medicine school together three years ago and that's how we met and we've been fast friends ever since and he you know he, he continues still, still to this day uh, to inspire others uh, through fitness, and and that that, that those, those three, because uh, there are others. And forgive me if I didn't say your name, but those three uh, are, are top of mind because they really they really showed me what this industry and as you know, there's different lanes of fitness. Um, and then what was the second part of your question? I'm sorry. I just was wondering if you're mentoring anyone. I mean, I, I know you're you're feeding the pipeline and you're coaching the coaches out there, but is there anyone in particular that you're mentoring right now? And what does that uh, look I like? Say, I will say I've got one. There's there's several, but I, I, I want to call this young man out because um, from the very first moment I met him, he, uh, you know, he's a former Navy rescue swimmer. Um, he came to me, he was timid, he was shy, but he was committed to his education. Uh, during the pandemic, he jumped on every Zoom call we, we set up. He never missed one. Uh, fast forward to present day, he got hired through our Veterans Impact Program. Uh, he's about to become the head trainer and head coach for F45 San Marcos. And his name is Coach Cedric. We call him the Stash. So shout out to the Stash. He's like, <laughs> Stash. He, just finished, he just finished his first triathlon. He absolutely crushed it. Took on took on first place in his division, but it's it's that type of um, opportunity to mentor, coach, and inspire that I was given through my director, uh, Director Michael Nichols. I have to give him his props because this was his vision. I'm just taking that and, and 
you know, bringing it forward. But Cedric is such a great, he's got a great heart, great father, but he's going to be an incredible young fitness professional out there leading others. And I'm going to have a little something to do with that. Absolutely. It's, you know, you're paying it forward. People yep. gave you a shot. Now you're giving others a shot. Yeah, sorry about the emotion there, but it just. Oh, are you kidding me? I, I love it. I wish I could give you a hug right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someday soon. Um, yeah, but yeah, thanks for keeping it real. I, I really appreciate that. So as, as we wind things up, Chaz, take us home with a parting thought for all of our uh, Fit Pro listeners out there. And also let us know where they can reach you on social media, your website, et cetera. Of course. So my Instagram handle, I changed it. It's uh, Coach Chaz 45. <laughs> so it's Coach Chaz 45. That's probably the best one to reach me on. My other one got overloaded, so I had to create a new one. Uh, our contact information as far as uh, F-45 in the military division, it's um, you know, EIP45.com. So it's www.f45pip.com. Uh, if you submit an inquiry there, if you're interested in anything we're doing, uh, that email goes to military at f45training.com. And I get it. My team gets it. And then we reach out. And we do respond. We do we do actually reply. I, I spend my Friday afternoons circling back to people that I was unable to reach out to. Fridays are my outreach day. I'm trying to connect with them, but that's why we're doing this on a Friday. That's different today. I get to do my outreach, so it's, it's good timing. Uh, you know, parting thought. I mean, you know, you know, fitness is a journey. Um, I think that some of us forget, as professionals, that those of us who come to us and seek our counsel, seek our coaching, seek, seek our mentoring, uh, they they seek to be inspired, and they seek to be educated. But I tell my but I tell our young trainers in our F45 program is, you know, coaches run the floor, but run it with passion, run it with uh, run it with an awareness that you are a professional. You are the subject matter expert at what you do. Act according. Um, what I've seen out there in the industry um, sometimes has been shameful. What I've seen out there in the industry sometimes have been has been inspiring. Mostly I understand that, you know, people in our industry need to remember that, you know, your health is your wealth. And if you don't have it, what do you have? So that's what I would say is just remember that when you're coaching someone, when you're mentoring someone, when you're writing a program for someone, write it to inspire them to do better for themselves the next day or the next time. Um, don't write it for you. Don't write it to be famous. Don't write it to be on social media and all that stuff that comes with that because I've been around before social media and people believe you when you show up and you coach. People mm -hmm. believe you when you're consistently dependable. People believe you when they know you're there for their best interest through the education that you're providing. That, that to me is exactly what we're doing in this program, but it was what I was doing most of my career. And so I would say that. So again, you know, lastly, honestly, Health is your wealth. You're going to motivate someone, motivate them with education. Educate them on the why, how, and the when. And repeat that. That is a mic drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's a that's a wrap, Chaz. Really beautifully said. Thank you. Eddie, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, it's been a long time coming, and I'm just I'm just happy to share. Uh, my journey, I hope it inspires other people to look at it. Those of us that have been around a long time and those coming into the industry do, you know, we got a lot of work to do still. 
we, no. we do, but it's 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 going to be fun. It's going to be interesting, and I think we're up for the challenge. And with people sure. like you leading the way, how can we go wrong? Thanks for that. If you're looking for more idea content or want to learn more about membership or events, visit our website at ideafit.com. We also host the Listen and Learn CEC podcast, the fitness industry's first and only audible CEC program. Each episode contains information from our award-winning fitness journal that has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 certification agencies. You can subscribe to both the Idea Fit Pro Show and Idea Listen and Learn CEC podcast in the Apple Podcast Store and on other podcast platforms. Check the show notes for these details and for other resources mentioned in today's episode. This is Sandy Webster signing off. Until next time, stay positive and keep inspiring the world with your special magic. Don't ever forget that you make a huge difference in the lives of others and that idea is here to support you in this critical purpose. Thanks for all you do to make the world a healthier, happier place.